Welcome to the Narc Reality Show. This is the Narcissist. I invite you to come escape your reality as I retell the story of my life through the eyes of a grandiose narcissist. Thank you very much. Enjoy. I've always been heartless, able to shut off my emotions, able to cut ties with people, with things, with situations, with myself. If I could ever be emotionally invested in the first place, I wasn't anymore. After two and a half years, maybe it was a criticism I can't remember anymore, but something just told me I'm done with this place. This time, however, I had to give an explanation. For the past three years, I kept contact with my parents. I kept contact with the monastery that I had been to when I arrived. And I went back to that monastery now to the nuns, to work for them. They had a couple of other guys working for them. A couple of ex-drug addicts. We were all put in the same little house, kind of off the property at the top of the hill. But that didn't last long. They decided they didn't want to be my punk mates anymore. And I wrote them off as something that was wrong with them. But they must have seen what I couldn't. They must have seen the monster I was and didn't want any part of my crazy. So I lived by myself. I worked for the nuns for another six months until they sent me home. They sent me home to my mom and my dad. They sent me home with a message. They said you have to be with them. I didn't go very willingly. But they paid for the plane ticket. So I thought, why not? 
I'm done with Mexico now. If you don't want me, I don't want you. I didn't want anybody. But it wasn't my choice, even though I convinced myself it was. Everyone around me found out who I was. And why would they want that around them? And when they weaned me off them, cut me off them, ignored me, I simply convinced myself that there was something wrong with them. There was always something wrong with everybody else. It was always everybody else's fault. They just didn't see my greatness. They didn't see what I had to offer them. They were too stupid to listen. They could not understand what I was trying to tell them. They weren't as intelligent. And by this time, they weren't as faithful. So I returned home. I returned home. A new man. A wiser man. A better man. And a few months later, I went right back to my old ways. Joined an online community and started my love affair with World of Warcraft. The game I played every day for eight hours a day and every weekend for 16 hours. I played that game for a year and a half straight. It's time for a little break. All right, imagine this. You are an orc warlock. You're a bad guy with dark magical power. You control demons. You control everyone. You're super powerful. You're the highest level you can be in one of the top guilds. You can be whoever you want to be, whoever you present yourself to be. You can be as cruel as you want to anyone you want and simply block them if they give you grief. 
you are locked in for more than half of the time you're awake. You have your eyes on the screen. You're in another place, a better place, a place where you're powerful, a place where you're, you matter, a place where you're needed. People call it a game, but it's your life. It's where you belong. And you're helping people in the game because you belong to a group of people who need you, who want you, who think you're powerful, who think you're cool. And you play and you play and you play and you tell yourself, it's just a game. At least I'm not high on drugs or drinking alcohol or doing other things kids my age are doing. I'm not doing anything wrong. This doesn't hurt anybody. It's just a game. And then one day, you're not allowed to do what you want in the game. One of the group that you play with says, you're not needed for this one. We're trying to teach other people new things, new people that are coming in to the group that we need. What would you do? Because what I did was quit the game. Left the group and had a big, fat, hissy fit about it. I made a real big stink. And then I convinced myself, well, I promised myself, if I ever take this game seriously, then I better quit it. I had always taken the game seriously. But what really happened is that I didn't get what I wanted. In the end, I didn't even really care about that stupid mission we'd done a million times. I didn't care about anything. But it was my escape. What was I going to do now? little by little, over about a month, I played less and less of the game, and I replaced it with movies. I went and rented movies, I went and watched movies as much as possible old movies, new movies. Every Friday I'd see the new show, and on the Saturdays I'd go to the Toonie Theater and watch 
movies all day. Sit and watch one movie after another. Alone. By myself. Escaping. I was living at home with my parents. I saw nothing wrong with it. They probably gave me a hard time. But I had left them for three years. Who knows what they thought I was thinking. We didn't really talk about it as much. I apologized, and it kind of evaporated. We didn't talk about very many things much. But the next thing, we talked about quite a bit. When I decided to leave home again. We'll be right back. time, I assured my parents that I wasn't suicidal. This time I told them that everything was good, that I needed an adventure. I decided to go visit a friend that I had met in Tijuana. And I was going to visit another friend along the way. My great road trip. My great adventure. So I put a cap on the back of my truck and threw a bed in there. And set out. I drove for the first day great day, beautiful day, had supper at a restaurant, parked by the side of the road in a trucker stop, I didn't get much sleep that night, but I got a good five hours, felt great, driving on the highway, Cruise control on, blaring my music. Everything was good. I was listening to Metallica. And then I fell asleep at the wheel. The one thing my mom told me not to do before I left. Don't fall asleep. I said, I'm not going to fall asleep. Why would I fall asleep? The next thing I remember was my tires going into the ditch. I overcorrected. I went sideways on the road back into the ditch through a barbed wire fence 
And that's when my truck started to roll. It rolled about seven or eight times. It looked like a pop can had been crushed between your hands and then exploded 30 yards in every direction. After I hit the fence, I remember my hands in front of my face, waving at me. And then I unbuckled my seatbelt and I turned off my truck, which was still running. I kicked out the back of my cab and made my way to the road. Flagged down some passerbys and they let me call 911. I waited for the ambulance and the police to show up. They cleaned the glass out of my hands and from behind my ear. And I waved off the ambulance. I had a concussion, but I didn't know. The police officer gave me a ride to the nearest town. He said to me, in the six months he'd been a cop, he'd seen two other accidents like mine. And both of them were killed immediately. He said, you're lucky to be alive. I said, yeah. Lucky. And then he said, I don't want to do this. And he gave me a $400 ticket. Which I went and paid immediately. In my stubbornness. I decided to continue my road trip. Now by bus. Went to the local Greyhound. And I said, I'd like a one-way ticket all the way to where I'm going. I paid for it with my debit card. She gave me the ticket. I looked at the ticket and I looked at her. I said, how come you gave me the ticket already? I haven't paid for it. And then I remembered paying for the ticket. And that's when I realized I had a concussion. It also didn't help that night when I was trying to go to sleep and I had the worst headache of my life. It hurt all night long. But I was going to keep going. I was going to visit my friend and move on. Nothing was going to stop me 